Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about frequently asked questions related to puppies. Dawn Orr, a trainer who specializes in canine behavior, is joining us again today. Welcome, Dawn. I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So today's episode was really inspired by the fact that I just adopted two puppies. Yes, you heard me right. I think I have officially lost my mind. But it got me thinking, I haven't had a puppy in 12 years, and I feel like a little bit like a fish out of water. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to help others who have just adopted a puppy. So, um, Dawn, what we're going to be doing today, we're just going to be going back and forth with different questions, and she's going to be helping us with some of the solutions to having that puppy fit into our house. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So, first of all, if we think about a puppy, so a lot of times it's about, they're about eight weeks old and that we just got them. Um, some are already potty trained, but most aren't um, and mine aren't. Uh, what would you say would be kind of a starting point from a behavior standpoint? So if we're going to talk about potty training. So this is something we've got to remember because we don't know one, where, where did the puppy come from? You know, did you rescue it? Was it from a breeder? These kind of things. So if you get a puppy at eight weeks that's a potty trained, um, feel yourself blessed, count your blessings. I mean, thank the puppy, whatever gods there are, because it's rare. It's very rare at that mm-hmm. age. Um, because they're just used to being with their litter mates and the mom cleans up after them or the human cleans up after them. So they don't understand that, you know, there are rules and etiquettes of pottying now. So, you know, setting them up on a strict schedule and living and making it work in your lifestyle is going to be crucial at this stage. Absolutely. So what do you, if you, if we're talking about potty training um, specifically, can you break it down for us? Cause I'll be real honest with you. It's been so long since I've potty trained a puppy. I'm going, okay. I remember we had to take them out every, you know, 10 to 15 minutes after they ate. But then there's another 10 to 15 minutes after that. <laughs> And then the next thing you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm having a good day. And you're cleaning up four different potties. That's a very common. Absolutely. So I like the fact that you did remember about the 15 or so minute rule. And it varies anywhere from 15 to 30 is what I always tell people. Because you'll get to know your puppy pretty quickly on how fast it will go. But where people tend to make a mistake and their puppy comes back in and potties is they're just letting their puppy go outside and expecting it to go potty. Well, The puppy was in the house, everything was calm, and they were playing or they were snuggling. Now you're outside and it's like, oh, squirrel, bird, grass, there's lots of noises. So they'll get so sidetracked and they'll be playing and they might tinkle a little, but they won't finish because I don't want to miss out on anything. And I think in one of the previous sessions that we talked before, I mentioned that all dogs have FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And puppies are the biggest ones of that because... If they're potting, they're not engaged in what could be happening over there. So you have to be pretty strict with, 
outside his potty time, not play time for a while mm-hmm. until they understand I have to fully release and empty my bowel and my bladder. Mm-hmm. Then I get to play. Mm-hmm. That will help eliminate the inside uh-ohs. Right. Because that's why those happen more times than not unless they just have a weak bladder, mm-hmm. which is not real common. Well, and that's a good point because I've noticed that. So I'll take them potty and they go and lots and lots of praise. And then they come in and sometimes they go again. And I think, goodness, you just went. But you're right. They didn't, they weren't, they didn't empty it. It's just that little end. And they're like, okay, I feel enough release. Let's go play now. And, go run. and that's their priority is being engaged, searching, mm-hmm. you know, exploring, because that's how they're learning. They're learning every single moment mm-hmm. of every single day. Mm-hmm. And so when they're outside, it's their instinctual job to explore mm-hmm. the world. Because mm-hmm. that's how they get to know it. Mm-hmm. Going potty secondary, you know, right. that's that's the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, and, you know, depending on where you live, of course, puppy, and this is, it's twofold. You can teach leash training and collar training at the same time. And when I say training, it's, I, li- I, I like to use that word very loosely because I'm not training a dog, teaching the dog. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching the puppy. So I want them to get used to a collar and a leash. For one, it's mandated in every state, you know, around the leash laws. Mm -hmm. So you just need to get them used to it. But if you use that at potty training time at the same time, you're doing killing two birds with one stone. So I always tell people, put the leash on, get them used to it. Outside potty, they don't get to explore it without the like six foot leash radius. No playtime. Potty, Mm -hmm. potty, potty. The minute they potty, leash can be dropped. Let them go have fun. Mm -hmm. But they have to go potty first. When they're off leash, it's kind of hard to to, you know, help them remember what they're supposed to be doing. Yes. And I will say that I've probably made this mistake um, many times is taking them out back at the same time because the first five or seven minutes out there is like our little race track where they're chasing, 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 and they forget to potty. But now I'm trying to take them out separately. Otherwise, they'll get distracted. And that's good, especially because your situation is unique. Not everybody is brave enough to adopt um, litter mates. Mm-hmm. So now you've got two the exact same age. Mm-hmm. They've known each other since the get-go. Mm-hmm. So their you know, instinct is, oh, yay, party mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So taking them out separate, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's very good. A lot of people will be fearful. No, I want them to be used to be together. I want them to be together all the time. And we all need our own time sometimes mm-hmm. and litter mates, especially they need to learn to be independent mm-hmm. and potty time. a good time to do that. They don't have to have synchronized potty schedules. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, once they get used to potty, you can take them out together, but they still by that time should understand potty then play. Right. That's so key to potty training. Right. Cause you don't want to have them at six months and they're still having accidents in the house. Exactly. So, if we could maybe even break it down even further. So we talked about after they eat, maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And then throughout the day, what are we looking at? So there's, you know, it's a kind of unwritten rule. So it's it's an hour for every month that they are is how long they should be able to hold their bladder. Now, again, just like humans, every dog is a little different. You want to um, keep that in mind. But I always tell people when you first bring your puppy home for like the first week, especially maybe two weeks is like every hour, just get them used to it. That way, if you missed an opportunity the first time, the second time is there. Mm -hmm. So I know I live in the real world. I get it. We work, we have jobs. 
but you have to just do your best because you're just this is just a short period of your life Mm -hmm. to make the next 15 years of your life easier Mm -hmm. so an hour hour and a half the first week and then after that you can amp it up to a couple of hours okay for about i would say at least three months maybe Mm -hmm. you'll know i mean if they start holding it quicker good but not all puppies do that for the first 14 weeks or so. Right. 14 to 16 could be a little sketchy, especially depending on what time or what age you adopted them from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else related to potty training? Well, you mentioned it. I like that. You know, praise, praise, praise. Um, stick with it. Um, go overboard with it sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, people say, well, I like to treat. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't rely on the treats to teach them that potting outside is great. Rely on yourself mm-hmm. because a lot of puppies and dogs will train their humans. Hey, I went outside and I squatted. Now give me my treat. And they may not have finished their job. Right. So treats are for other purposes. Mm-hmm. You are the treat. I'm so happy with you. You did a great job. Again, it's about setting this puppy up to live in your lifestyle and trust you, depend on you and be comfortable with you mm-hmm. and praise. I mean, who doesn't like to be praised? It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to go to the other spectrum of potty training, if that's okay for a moment. Of course. So you mentioned that, you know, uh-oh, I'm walking through and I stepped in potty. Mm-hmm. Darn it, the dang puppy again. You can't be mad at the puppy. It is a puppy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't understand that it did anything wrong. Well, I've had it for a week. It should know better. It's a puppy. Mm -hmm. If you are getting mad, you are making a fool of yourself. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mean to be harsh, but it's the truth. It's a puppy. Have I I made that clear? It's a puppy. It's a baby. So you just clean it up and go on. That's all Mm -hmm. you can do. Now, if you catch it in the act, you can stop it. I'm not saying don't scare the puppy to death, but get its attention Mm -hmm. so that hopefully it stops. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can take him outside and, mm-hmm. and go potty. He might be already done, but I want him to understand, uh-uh, you can't go here, but here you right. can go. So even though he might be finished already, he's still taking him outside. Potty, yes, good potty. I want him to associate outside, good potty, happy dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and the one thing that I, you know, know about a lot of the old school type of training is you know, the person that gets home and there's a mess, you know, that maybe they pooped or peed on the floor and who knows how long it's been sitting there. And so now they're putting their dog's nose in it or they're yelling at them um, for potting on the floor. And that to me just seems so unfair because at that moment they live in the moment and they don't have any idea why their owner is upset. Exactly. And, you know, that goes into another point, you know, like, oh, my dog knows when it did wrong. No, your dog is reading your energy. If you come in and you see it instantly, you might not say anything, but your energy, your your language comes out as like, oh, I swear, oh, I'm so mm-hmm. mad. And now you've got a puppy cowering in the corner and you're like, come here. Well, I wouldn't come to you either if you're looking at me with glazed eyes and like if you had a paper, you'd be beating me with it or something. So mm-hmm. you've just got to let it go it's mm-hmm. a puppy don't mm-hmm. get out the newspaper don't get out the squirt bottle and squirt your dog don't rub it in the don't rub its nose in there because all you're doing at this point is creating a, a, a barrier of trust 
Mm-hmm. The puppy's never going to trust you 100%. Mm-hmm. It might tonight, you know, be over it because they do live in the moment, like you said. So they might be playing with you and snuggling. But the second they feel that injury you again, they're going to run away. Mm-hmm. And is that really why you've got a puppy is to build a, a brick wall of no trust? Right. So, and that can lead into another great thing is, you know, puppies have impact stages. Um, different psychologists, different scientists, they call them different things, impact stages, fear stages, mm-hmm. fear impact stages. And when you first get a puppy, average, it's around 8 to 11 weeks when most people mm-hmm. adopt. And that is such a crucial stage. What this puppy experiences and, and learns from its humans, especially in the first um, 14 weeks of its life, can set its behavior up for a life. Oh, wow. And can it be changed a little bit? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there will always be that um, that inner, oh, my gosh, a raised hand meant something. So they might always have that apprehensiveness mm-hmm. of a raised hand. Or if your face, if your hand's coming towards their face, oh, you know, that just, I remember that brought pain before. Mm-hmm. So it's so crucial at this very first impact stage. You've got to be as positive mm-hmm. and educational with your puppy as you possibly can. Okay. So none of that craziness. I mean, if it was a baby and at at that same age and it went to its potty in its diaper, I mean, you're not going to sit there and you know, like to smear it all over it. I mean, come on, people. It's a puppy. Exactly. So it's be smart. You're teaching. If it makes a mistake. There was an error somewhere, and it's usually the human error. And mm-hmm. I, I hate to, you know, I'm, I think you know me by now. I mean, we talked a lot before, and I'm pretty blunt. And we, we've got to be better. We've got to be better with these puppies. So mm-hmm. let's teach them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you touched on these impact or fear stages. Um, I've heard a lot about those. And I'm just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on maybe when they are and what is kind of happening at that time, what we should avoid, what we should do. Maybe just if you could explain No, no, it's very it. important with puppies. So we got to remember that puppies are learning from the minute they are born. And so that is the first stage. And, you know, like, well, they're just, you know, you know, eating their mother's milk and, you know, they're just whimpering and crying. But they're learning. They're mm-hmm. learning how to search. Mm-hmm. They're learning how to trust because they trust that every time they whimper, their mom's going to be there. Their litter mates are going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's where their comfort comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where they learn to um, to use their nose mm-hmm. because they don't have eyes yet. Mm-hmm. They're, then they're learning to use their ears. You know, that sound means something good's about to happen. So they are learning. So let's say, I'm just going to throw an example out there. At, at the first five weeks of their life, you know, their eyes are starting to open. But if something tragic happens in that, by tragic, I'm talking in the puppy sense, like um, the mom's taken away for a long extended period of time, like for a day, it had to, they just, the humans had to do something. Well, now the puppies are left to fend for themselves for an extended time. It can, right then, here comes a fear stage mm-hmm. and it's starting to set in like, oh my gosh, I'm alone. Even though my litter mates are here, where's my protector? The mm-hmm. mom is gone. So those are little things that we don't think about, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, the mom needs to go outside. It does, but you can't, do it unnaturally. It can, the mom will let you know how long they need to be gone. They know their puppies. Mm-hmm. So we can't try to enforce human thoughts into this. Mm-hmm. When a mom wants to go back to the puppies, you let them go. So that's crucial. That's one of the first ones. And that lasts till about 11 weeks. That's why it's really important. And, you know, I'm not going to change the world here. 
but puppies really need to stay with their litter till about 11 weeks because that's the first primary impact stage um, that they're learning how to um, play properly. They're learning bite inhibition. Mm -hmm. They're learning how to kind of um, test the waters. Mm -hmm. I'm playing a little rough and my litter mate just put me in check and I got to calm down. And that's how they learn how to play. That's how they learn how to listen. And so that's really crucial. And a lot of people will, you know, the, the puppy just yelped. Good. It just learned. I played too hard. I have to stop. The other puppies aren't hurting it. The mom is not hurting it. They're teaching boundaries. Mm -hmm. So it's crucial. After that, from about, and this kind of inter, intertwines a little bit, from 6 to 14 weeks. And I know I said 11 weeks all ago, but some of these other stages start at 6 weeks. And that's where, you know, you can kind of start getting them used to hand touch. Humans. Humans are safe. Mm -hmm. Get them used to the smells of a human, the different touches of a human, you know, picking them up. Very, very crucial in socialization because you want them to be exposed to a lot, but doing it properly is really key. Mm -hmm. So don't, you know, I'm going to pick it up like the mom does by the scruff of their neck. No, that's not, we're not a dog. Pick it up, love on it, put it back gently. They'll learn, to, I can trust humans. Very mm -hmm. good lesson. And that goes up to about 14 weeks. Sounds also play into this as a big thing. Getting them exposed to, oh, I heard a door slam. I'm not scared. You know, get them, start setting those tones of a house. Mm -hmm. Glasses drop, pans drop sometimes, and mm -hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. So you've got to kind of start setting them up. How we respond to how the puppy reacts is crucial in setting them up. To so, for example, mm -hmm. so let's say a pan was dropped and the puppy was, you know, three feet away. And the puppy is, you know, definitely scared. Mm -hmm. What should we do then as a human in that situation? Well, and we do want to console it, but not in the way we would console another human or a child. Because what we do then is like, oh, it's okay, baby. It's like, did you hear that? Oh, my gosh. Try to instantly get their mind to flip to a good place. Mm -hmm. Play with them instantly. Get them excited about something. Loud noisemen's play. Yay. Mm -hmm. So anything you can do like that, get it to run, chase yeah. you around the building or your house or whatever, you know. Um, just redirect that brain as quickly as you can. Because if you react and like, oh, it's okay. Oh, oh you were so scared. Oh, that scared me too. The puppy's going to go, oh, I should be nervous every time mm -hmm. I hear a sound like that. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that to a puppy that's not even 14 weeks old. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, a story that happened just yesterday up at Park Avenue is I had the puppies in the back with me and there was a broom and somehow they got interested in the broom. Well, when they did that, the broom handle fell on a piece of wood. The piece of wood came tumbling down and literally right where they were. It didn't hit them, but it was awfully close, but it made a really loud noise. And both puppies just scurried off and started shaking, like trembling, like crazy. Um, so yeah, as a, like a, the motherly instinct, I wanted to coddle them and, you know, let them know they're okay. And but they seem to bounce back pretty quickly. But it also worried me. My gosh, I hope they don't have an association now with my store. You know, that this, this scary thing's going to come out of the wall and, you know, scare them to death. Yeah, and that's a very valid feel. Um, I mean, fear. A lot of people will have that. It, but they're going to have, they've already had some great positive experiences at the store. Mm -hmm. So they're going to outweigh the negative. Mm -hmm. So what we can do in the future, and I'm not telling you to take them to the store and throw wood on the floor or drop things, but 
start small with something that's not going to make a lot of noise, you know, but do it in a playful way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to know that every time I hear something loud, it's no big deal. Because as they get older, cars are going to backfire. Um, you know, there's going to be trash trucks. I mean, thunder, thunder, fireworks, fireworks, you know, and, you know, so if they hear it, I want them to be alert, but I don't want them to be in a panic stage because mm-hmm. that's going to set them up for fear, anxiety, possible aggression later on. So we want to set them up. Everything that happens, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Now let's go have fun because mm-hmm. we don't want that to ever, you know, be the, the foundation of their life. Exactly. So, so the fear stages, you mentioned six to 14 weeks and then you I think there was also something about that it lasts up until a certain amount of time yes and, and again it depends on which you know philosophy and scientist you follow but the next one is up from 14 weeks to about 28 weeks and that's when social socialization is is crucial get them used to people getting them used to seeing other dogs different um, looks different sounds take them as many places you can so here's where people get confused, though, is I, I want to socialize my dog, my mm-hmm. puppy. You know, it's 15, 16 weeks old. I'm going to take it to a dog park. Um, can I put a big, you can't see, but can I put a big X on this? Right. The dog parts aren't what socializes your dog. You are what socializes your dog. So a good socialized dog is a dog that can see other people, other dogs, and go, hey, look up at you and go, you see that? That looks like they might be fun. Can we go see them? But it's not about they need to play every time. Mm-hmm. Play is good, but just because we're out doesn't mean it's playtime. Mm-hmm. Just because we see another dog doesn't mean it's playtime because that other dog might not be well socialized. Exactly. So being well socialized is just understanding how to behave in social situations. Mm-hmm. And it's crucial for dogs to do this. So if you've got a multi-dog home, your dogs are getting socialized already. Mm-hmm. They're learning how to play with their their housemates. Um, Some people are lucky. They have six or seven other dogs, you know, like me and and you. And so they're getting plenty of socialization Mm -hmm. um, to play with other dogs. But doesn't mean we can't bring other dogs into the mix, but it's not a priority to go to a dog park. They're just set up to fail at dog parks. Well, it's a touchy subject. I'm sorry. Of course. No, I agree. And I think a big part of that is seeing and hearing so many dogs that get attacked. And a lot of it is too, you know, the pet parents, um, you know, maybe they have something to do and they're not, and they're not watching whether they're visiting with somebody else or, you know, on their phone or whatever, they're not hundred percent of the time watching. And even if they were the dogs way across the, you know, the park. So it's hard to even get to them if something happened. And if we're in a, a um, fear or impact stage and another dog attacks it, now we've got another huge problem on our hands. That, that's gonna, that will be a huge one because um, being attacked by another dog is one of the most crucial things that can happen to a puppy. Uh, when I say puppy, I'm saying I'm using puppy loosely up to nine months. Mm-hmm. After nine months, I kind of, they're not a puppy anymore. Mm-hmm. They still are logistically, but. Mm-hmm. They're turning into adult. Mm-hmm. So anything that happens before before seven to nine months is is really going to set them up. Mm-hmm. So if they do get attacked, um, I'm not saying their dog, your dog, or that puppy is ruined, but it's going to be really difficult to get over that more for you than it really is the puppy because they can bounce back. But now you're not going to want to go be around other dogs. 
your puppy's going to feel that. Now they don't want to go around mm-hmm. other dogs. So it's just better to stay away from that until you know that everything is good. You know the other people. Maybe you find a park that's the same people mm-hmm. and they know dogs that you can trust. That's okay. But just a random park that and you don't know any of these people. And they're mm-hmm. like you said, they're over on their phone or they think it's funny that their dog's going up and, and pushing other dogs down. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. So they're just it's just better to stay with them. Socialize your dogs with people you know mm-hmm. that have pets and get them used to the world. That's mm-hmm. the best socialization you can do. Right. Good. Uh, what about, so you have the different people have different lifestyles, obviously. And so, you know, when you're trying to help someone maybe have this puppy fit into someone's life that, you know, they're real active and they run and they, but they work a lot. And, you know, that may be a different set of ways of how to set it up for them as opposed to, you know, the mom that has a couple of young kids at home and they're, you know, they're trying to shuffle, you know, school lunches, picking them up, taking them to the next thing, you know, and also they have a puppy right in the mix and they're trying to figure out how to train it. And that's, that can be overwhelming. So what are some things that you do to maybe cater to each individual's um, needs based on their lifestyle? Well, that's another great point. So it's one of the most frequent questions I get is like, you know, what's the first thing that I should teach my puppy? It's not set in stone. I mean, there's foundations and we've talked about that one of the previous ones, you know, the, mm-hmm. the look at me to come, which is primary um, mm-hmm. in every case. So when I come to a house or if just from here, if you guys are listening to this, number one, what do you want your puppy to be in your life? How do you want that puppy to fit in as it grows? I mean, are you active? Like you said, or are you more, you know, chill? You just like to hang out and be relaxed. That's going to set the stone on what you teach your puppy. You know, so I didn't say train, I said teach because teaching is going to be what teaches them how to react to your house, to the children in your house, to the guests in your house. Um, take it out in public, how it reacts to them, you know, socializations kicking in again. But if you're active, then we want to let the puppy know that, hey, this is how we live. I need you to learn how to live this way. And that goes back to make sure you get the right puppy for your house. If you get a, a, you know, if you're really active and you, you know, get a real docile dog, well, you are in for a big surprise because it's not going to want to go to every baseball game with you. It's not going to want to go jogging with you. It's just going to look at you like you are crazy. And if you get a, if you're a, you know, don't like to do a lot, you want to be, you know, just hanging out on the sofa and you have a border collie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not smart. So you yeah. do have to keep that in mind. So with that in mind, if you're an active family, you've got to teach your puppy in an active way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's about engaging your puppy, teaching that communication skills. You know, um, if you're running, if the puppy's following you, great. Good, come, let's go. Mm-hmm. But do it in a fun way. That way it's going to learn. This is what my human really likes. And it likes it too. Mm-hmm. What's well, a win-win right there? And, you know, teaching a... a Different lifestyles is going to be a little bit hard to to go over in just a, a big session like this mm-hmm. because I have to get to know the people. Mm-hmm. I have to get to know their children because people forget that the kids have to know how to interact sure. with the puppy too because puppy's not the only one that needs to be learning in this mm-hmm. house. The kids need to know 
The puppy told you no. Mm-hmm. You need to listen. Okay, the mm-hmm. puppy's wanting to play, but you don't want to play. You need to tell the puppy in a way that it understands. Mm-hmm. So there's a big thing in this. The same with puppies are just like, well, you know, woo, the world is my oyster mm-hmm. here. And you've got an older dog who's like, um, I'm done. Yeah. And if the puppy missed some of those crucial stages we were talking about, it's not going to understand that, you know, Fido over there is nipping at it because he says, I've had enough. You're playing. You're hurting my ears. Get away from me. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of steps to do in this. Yeah. What about the the play biting? Uh, of the two that I have, the little boy, every time you go to even petting, he does the little play biting. And it's not even a hard one. It's just, it's almost like a love bite. But it still hurts because he has needles for right. teeth. So obviously we need to stop that. Um, sometimes I'll just go out, you know, and then he'll stop. Um, but one would love your your thoughts on it. Too. Well, and that's great. A lot of people will do that. And, you know, not, not um, every puppy is going to be receptive yeah. to the exact same thing. So you're going to find mm-hmm. the communication that that one puppy understands. And you know how I was talking about the first few weeks, how they learn their social skills, how to play properly. And if they missed some of that, that they're going to, well, oh, humans, mm-hmm. let me bite them. And we just go, ow, ow, ow. But they don't understand that ow, ow means I don't like that. Right. So the one thing that I found that works more than anything is to, anytime you're going to approach a puppy that you know likes to play a little bit rougher or uses teeth, have an alternative. Have a stuffed toy in your hand. And the minute you come up to him, just offer that to him. His mouth is busy with something else. Well, he can't get to your hand. Mm. And it's not that you're, you know, being mean. It's just no, no teeth on human skin. Mm-hmm. I love you to death, but you don't know how sharp your little teeth are. And they don't. I mean, yes, everything, they don't have hands. So everything has to go in the mouth. That's right. Yes, I know. That's, and that's what's happening. Um, that's really good. The other thing. The first night um, I had the little boy, um, I got the girl two two days later. So he had two nights with me before I got the girl. Um, I started with, you know, just putting him in a crate and just for like one minute. And it was, it sounded like I had a howler monkey in the house. (laughs) It would not stop. So um, I even tried, you know, some treats and things like that. He just was not going to settle down. So those first, first two nights, um, just so that I could get some sleep, he did sleep right next to me in the bed. <laughs> now that we have the girl, oh my goodness, I put them in their crate. Within one minute, they're asleep. Don't hear them for the whole night. So I, I kind of love that story in multiple ways. So people, they adopt a puppy, rescue a puppy, they bring it home. They go through the exact same thing you went through, but it goes on for nights, nights mm-hmm. and nights. Mm-hmm. Well, you just demonstrated why that's happening. Mm-hmm. You just ripped them away from their litter mate. They are scared to death. And they mm-hmm. might look, oh, I'm holding them and they're fine until I put them in the crate. You just changed their world. Mm-hmm. So bless your little puppy's heart. He got lucky and got his litter mate back. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's one of the lucky puppies. Mm-hmm. But in the case where not everybody can adopt to, it's, it's really difficult, but don't wait till just bedtime. Make sure you're putting them in there for a minute or two during the day and make it a good experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're such a good baby. You know, 30 seconds to a minute, let them out. And then throughout the day, if you can increase it by just a couple of seconds at a time, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's going to be your best bet. Um, if that's not working, uh, there's a lot of things you can put a 
oversized stuffed toy in there if you can. Because puppies, I don't know if you've ever seen them. I mean, they are laying on top of each mm-hmm. other. I don't know how the one on the bottom breathes. Right. But that's just how they're used to sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's their comfort zone. And now we've put them in there and they're just on a mat or a bed. And they're like, wait a minute, where's my where's my blankets? Mm-hmm. Where's my, you know, the, I can feel their heartbeats. I can feel the heat from them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're holding me, all these things. So an oversized stuffed toy, um, a warm towel from the dryer. That might be, you know, something mm-hmm. helpful for some dogs. Uh, they do make these little beating hearts that you can put in there mm-hmm. inside a stuffed toy, or um, you can put them in the towel. Something to mimic their litter mates is going to mm-hmm. be your best bet. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you let your puppy in the bed with you. It's your house, your rules. If, mm-hmm. if you're okay with that, don't let anybody else tell you. Don't ever do that. Just be careful because they're going to have an accident in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, because they're still a puppy. Exactly. But there's nothing wrong with that. Just if you don't want them in your bed when they're two years old, set the standard mm-hmm. now is the only thing I'm going to say on that. That's right. So if you don't mind dogs in the bed, you be you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we kind of talked through how to fit them into your life, the fears, getting them used to noises, socializing. Um, what about the doorbell? So this is going to be great. So there was this final stage we we kind of overlooked a little bit and that's getting them used to all kinds of sounds. We touched on a little bit, but after 14 to 28 weeks, you want them to get used to as many things that they're ever going to experience. Doorbells, uh, door shutting, knocking, mm-hmm. phones ringing. Um, do it. Oh, did you hear that? Yay, good. Do it again. YouTube has thousands of videos of dogs barking, door, different kinds of doorbells. Mm-hmm. You Kids playing. I mean, I use that a lot with puppies just so they get used to hearing them. But I teach them to look at me. So they're like, oh, I hear it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, not one of the worst things that I that I find when I go to people's houses is they're like, we can't even watch a TV show. If the doorbell on the TV goes off, the dog's going crazy trying to attack the TV. And so set them up. The doorbell means no big deal. Mm-hmm. They can go look at the door. That's good. Yeah. I'm not telling you not to have a dog that's not a dog. I want them to go investigate. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to hear a doorbell and go crazy mm-hmm. barking when there's nobody there. Or if there is somebody there, they don't need to be acting like Cujo because... You've got it. Thanks for helping me, but you've got it. Right. Well, and I think some of the issue, too, that I think about is two of my dogs are extremely vigilant about (laughs) barking anytime they hear a noise, you know, the the, the knocking, the doorbell, anything that sounds out of the ordinary. Sometimes the ice maker makes a, you know, that noise when it dumps ice and they think it's the door, you know, somebody knocking at the door. Um, So they're going off and now the puppies are little sponges. And they're seeing all this. So I don't know if you have some ideas on how to kind of, I don't know, organize that situation. So that's great that you're saying that because somebody with a lot of other dogs, like what you have, the puppies are sponges. They are going to learn from all the other dogs. So if you want them to learn something, different things, you do have to start teaching them from today. Mm-hmm. So they've been with you for a few days. So, I mean, start setting them up now. The number one thing that I'm going to have somebody do when they've got a puppy that they're really trying to engage and learn is, is the look at me. So that way you can, once they're looking at you, they're comprehending, comprehending what you're saying. Without that, nothing's going to happen. They're just going to keep doing, oh, the other dogs are barking. Well, I better, I better help. They must need help. Let me go on. Mm-hmm. But, oh, good. I heard you. Now come here. And they're like, oh, you don't care about that? 
well, them dogs are dumb. Why are they in there barking? I'm going to come here with you and have fun. Mm-hmm. So we've got to set them up. But without the look at me and the, and the communication, I don't care about that stupid icebreaker. Those other dogs are silly. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yay. They're going to want to be with you more. Yeah. But you have to get that engaged look first. And I know you mentioned that in the other puppy kind of training that we did. But just real quickly, if you could remind people how to just get that look at me, how to start that. So, yeah, I mean, one, it, they're already looking at you. You're mm-hmm. sitting on the, on your, in your chair or you're walking there looking up. Praise in that moment. Praise anything that you like in the moment that they're doing it. And I'm not saying good girl, good boy, good look, good sit, whatever they're doing. Right, name Put it. that word to mm-hmm. it because it's ridiculous that people want to sit there and work so hard teaching words when the dogs are already doing it. Just praise them for doing it. Mm-hmm. So the look at me is huge. Good look. And then they look at you more, and then you're, okay, now come here. So you, that's where you can mm-hmm. teach other steps. But without the look, it's going to be really hard to teach your puppy to do anything because if you're talking at their butt, they're not listening. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So stop talking to your dog's butt. Exactly. Yes. Good point. Um, okay. So is there anything else? Um, oh, leash training. So, yes, I'm glad because I was about to yes. say, yeah, I want to hit on some stuff. So I'm glad you brought up the previous podcast. Because remember, there was five foundations. So now you've got the puppy. We really need to reinforce those. So um, number one is get them used to everything. Leashes, collars. I'm not saying you have to have them on a lot, but get them used to it. Like, oh, this is good. Every time the leash goes on, I get to go outside. And some people might live in the country. That's good, but they still need to get used to a leash. What if one day they have to have it on? Right. You have to go to town for something. You have to go to the vet for something. They've got to understand that the leash is not a scary thing. It's a good thing. Something good's about to happen. And if I could mention here, one of the things that I did learn uh, very early on, 12 years ago when I had puppies, um, is that they both had collars on and they were tumbling and, you know, how they gnaw on their necks. One of their jaws got caught in the other puppies and they were out back playing. And I remember just running out there and it was the most chaotic scene because, you know, the one is freaking out because he's getting choked and the other one's freaking out because his jaw is stuck in the collar. So I think too, just knowing like if they're going to be in that play mode, um, I try to take their collars off because I know that that's a possibility. I'm a huge advocate advocate for if your puppies and your dogs are home, do they have to have a collar on? Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got active dogs and puppies. Mm-hmm. It's just safer because that is a scary thing. Yes, it was horrible. Um, it can lead to multiple things. Um, a dog, you know, a puppy, they, their jaw could get dislocated. Right. The other dog can, you know, in that panic state can then really, you attacked me, mm-hmm. even though it really wasn't, his mouth was just caught, then a fight can ensue. Mm-hmm. So it's just better have the collars on, get them used to them. But if they're playing, take them off. Right. If they're in their kennel, take them off. Because mm-hmm. another thing you didn't mention, I've seen a lot of dogs get severely hurt because their collar got stuck in a kennel. Yes. Because they were trying to escape or mm-hmm. whatever. So just if you're home, I mean, don't, don't there's no reason to have it on. Mm-hmm. If your yard is secure and your home is secure, there's no reason for it. Right. Right. So when you're in public, put your clothes on. Yes. Your collar has to go on. Yes. At home, get your comfy clothes on, which... So a dog is just their fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, that's a really good point. But you also were, um, had talked about, um, you know, the importance of using potty time, 
as an opportunity to to train leash walking. Absolutely. So what might that look like? Well, the first time you put a collar on your puppies, uh, I've seen them do alligator rolls. Oh, I've yes. seen them freak out. I've seen them scream. So again, it's just about on, off, on, off. Don't don't try to rush any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, then when you put the leash on and you go outside, it's just literally you pick a point in your yard that you want your dog to go to the bathroom and you just stand there. Mm-hmm. Every minute or two, don't over, over, I've heard people go, go potty, go potty, go potty. I'm not saying, just stand there, go potty. They might just sit down and go, nope, not going to happen. That's fine because they're not understanding what you want yet. Mm-hmm. They're busy. FOMO, oh, a bird, the sky, mm-hmm. grass. Mm-hmm. Just stand there. In about a minute, go potty. You're not going to move. You're not going to give up. You need to do this for about, and the first couple of times is going to be long. It could be five, maybe 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then when they go potty, good potty. Then you can walk them back on the leash. After they've done this successfully, I would say for about a week, then you can start letting them off leash immediately. Mm. So let's say I'm going to give a scenario that, so but I want them to play. That's fine. But you bring them back in. Then you go out. You want to go play. There's two different things. There's potty time in the yard. There's play time in the yard to a puppy. Mm. So when it's potty time, there is no play time involved. Potty, we go back in. You can wait a minute, wait a minute or two and then, hey, you want to go play? Then go outside and then it's play time. Dogs will know. They do understand the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. We're teaching them words every day. Yes. Does that make sense, of though? Course, the yes, yes. Um, okay, so you mentioned the five important things that you need to um, so get them used to everything: leashes, collars, noises, etc. Yes, anything different. I mean, wear different clothes, hats, glasses, um, you name it. Start dropping things in the kitchen, plastic, hopefully, but you know, right. just get them used to anything. So, with that. If you go back to the other episode, get them used to their names mm-hmm. and to recall. Because without recall, none of these other things that you're doing with this puppy matters. Mm-hmm. So you've got, that's the top thing. I know we've talked a lot about potty and leash, but without recall, none of this other stuff is important. Exactly. Oh, my dog goes potty every time I take him out. But, well, he's in the neighbor's yard now and he won't come back. So mm-hmm. this is the time to teach their name and recall. Okay. Every time they come. Life is wonderful. Having a party. It's a party up in here for sure. Yes. Okay. Good. I mean, there's a lot of other steps, but I would, you know, hope people would go back and listen to the others. But what we've talked about today and the recall, I just can't stress enough. Mm -hmm. Be positive. They're puppies. Mm -hmm. Teach, teach, teach. This isn't about they have to sit to do anything because sitting doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. to a puppy. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I kind of remembered to say that because... People, especially puppies, will think they have to overteach sit. And now the puppy's sitting there and you can tell it's nervous. Mm-hmm. Now they're associating sit with your energy again. So don't don't worry so much about it. Start teaching. Let's go potty. Let's have fun. Let's come. Mm-hmm. You, you're wonderful. Oh, you had an accident. Let's go outside and remember this. Teach, teach, teach. Mm-hmm. Sitting's not, it's not important. It almost reminds me of, thinking about someone coming to the United States who speaks a different language and we're expecting them from day one to know what that language is. And we have to understand, think about how we learned, you know, and not only do you have a different language, you have a different species. So I guess it, it really is about, you know, just being compassionate 
um, being patient, but also continuing to um, use those opportunities, everyday opportunities as, you know, teaching opportunities. Exactly. I guarantee you, you know, in a few minutes, if you walk through your, you know, your house and you see your puppies, they're doing something and they're going to look at you. I'd be willing to bet you they will look at you. Opportunity missed if you don't say, good look at me. Mm-hmm. If you're walking and you turn around once behind you, missed opportunity to say, good, good come. There's, we miss opportunities on the daily. And then we get mad in a week when we come and they're looking at you like, what? Mm-hmm. Well, you just missed a whole week of training opportunities right there. Right. So teach in the moment. Enjoy your puppy. If something's not working, stop, step back, reevaluate, look in the mirror mm-hmm. and see what you missed. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest advice. That is awesome. This has been so great. And I, I know that this is going to help so many people, especially as they adopt puppies. I know you've helped me a lot today. So I appreciate you taking the time to go through this. Um, so as we close up, um, I definitely want people to be able to know how to get in hold of you. So how do they how do they reach you? Uh, I've got a website. It's holistick9coach.com. And it's a holistic with a W and the letter K, number nine. Or they can find me on Facebook under the same name. And my phone number's on both of those. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me, uh, call, text me, whatever you need to do. Because not every dog is the same. We're all going to learn different. Don't give up. I'm here if you need me. Perfect. Thank you again, Dawn. This was great. I love it. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.